For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work, as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as I was thinking about Christ the King Sunday and describing and kind of meditating on the nature of Jesus' kingship, a scene came to mind. I, I loved watching the movie The Crown, the TV series rather, The Crown, and in the first season, shortly after Elizabeth becomes queen, after the death of her father, she goes and talks to her grandmother, who has written her a letter describing the crown as a calling from God. And she goes to kind of talk to her grandmother about that description. And once again asks the question, you know, how, how is the crown a, a calling from God? And Queen Mary responds with these words. She says, monarchy is God's sacred mission to grace and dignify the earth, to give ordinary people an ideal to strive towards, an example of nobility and duty to raise them in their wretched lives. Monarchy is a calling from God. A little bit different than the way Jesus describes it. <laughs> As Queen Mary's words about the divine right of kings ring in our ears, what I also hear not far behind those words are a different description of king that come from Jesus in the 10th chapter of Mark. This is the scene where James and John have been talking to each other along the road as they're going up to Jerusalem and they come to Jesus and they say, hey, we've got a deal for you. We'd like to sit at your right and your left hand in your kingdom. And Jesus sort of 
doesn't call them idiots, but engages them in conversation about this. And the other disciples hear about it and are not too pleased with James and John and their attempt to usurp those roles. And then we have these words from John 10:41. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, you know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. All of our texts today have pretty much pointed to the description that Jesus gives here in Mark 10 of what a king actually is and the kind of king that Jesus was and is. In Revelation 5, we have a description of the one who has authority to open the scroll, the one who makes sense of creation and history, and that one is a slaughtered lamb. In Philippians 2, we have the one who is exalted and worshipped by every living thing. And yet he is also the one who has emptied himself of all of the titles and prerogatives that would demand that we worship him. In Ephesians 1, the one who gathers us into the heart of God is the one who let go of life and joined us in our experience of betrayal, suffering. And death. And finally, in Colossians 1, the one in whom all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell is also the one who became human and in so doing reconciled us to God by making peace through the blood of his cross. What we have here is just so many descriptions of things that seem on the first notice to be repellent to each other, but actually come together and are held together in the heart of Jesus Christ. Humility and exaltation, slave and king, cross and throne. He's not simply over and above us, or wholly other than us, or untouchable by us. But he is at the heart of what it means to be both human and God, to be in relationship, the one who holds all things together. And in so doing that, he holds us. And so the one in whom all things cohere is holding on to us as well. He's the one who shows us why God created us in the first place. And as Augustine so aptly put it, you made us for yourselves, O God, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Or as Paul puts it another way, there is for us one God, the Father, from whom are all things and we exist for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and we exist through him.
He is, in short, before all things, and in him all things hold together. And thus the final words of Revelation 7 are the outcome of this. For this reason, we are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter us. We will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike us by day nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne is our shepherd. And he will guide us to springs of living water and wipe away every tear from our eyes. Let's pray. You are before all things and in you all things hold together. Lord, help us to feel that embrace, that invitation to that gravity that pulls us toward the center of our purpose, which is also the center of your purpose. For we pray in your name. Amen.